The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So can you hear me okay? Yes, great. So welcome. Today is the um, second week of the Introduction to Mindfulness course. It's a five-week course. Last week we introduced mindfulness of the breath. And if you kind of think of all of human experience as this whole thing, then uh, it help, might be helpful to think of using mindfulness of breath as something very stable in the center. So we're using this enhanced capacity of awareness and attention to our breathing so that it can help us be present, present in the here and now. And we might notice that after one week of practice, a lot of times we are in our minds and thinking quite a lot about things that have happened in the past or are planning for the future. And um, for some of us, we might notice sometimes that uh, living in the world of thinking and our thoughts, while it may be fun and enjoyable and we might have brilliant thoughts, it also can be very unstable if we stay there all the time. Um, because then we're a little bit more subject to our inner compulsions, our moods, our habits, our patterns, and we're also more subject to external conditions, whatever they may be, sometimes can be quite challenging. And using the breath as a stabilizing center can help bring the mind back to the body and to the present moment. So it's simple enough, but actually um, kind of challenging. You know, might notice a few breaths, and then the mind goes off. So a lot of, in the beginning, that's the practice. So we really encourage patience as we introduce all the other uh, uh, places where we can develop mindfulness. So today, we're going to explore mindfulness of the body, and so it's like if the breath is at the center and the body is in this concentric circle that goes out and after that will include emotions and then the world of thinking and then how to apply it in daily lives. So hopefully we provide a very thorough introduction to all the places where mindfulness can be very useful. Um, but really, if it sounds like a lot of information... <laughs> a lot of techniques, then we say use something that makes sense to you. If you gain something very valuable out of each session, then just stick with that. Rather than get caught up again in the minds of thinking and analyzing and uh, questioning, judging, criticizing, whatever goes on in the mind. So we have a few minutes before, oh, that's right, introduce Chris Clifford to my right here who will be presenting uh, some of the teachings on mindfulness of the body, and Diana, on my left. Um, are there any questions? Might have noticed some difficulties or challenges after sitting for a week. And if you do have a question, would you wait for the mic? This one really doesn't work, yeah? I was going to say maybe it means we gave perfect instructions and, and everybody had wonderful experiences. Is anybody here who wasn't here last week for the first time? Okay, great. Well, there's a lot of overlap between the instructions. You know, it, it's, it'll work fine to pick up here. So for those of you who didn't come last week, you can always go back online uh, on our website. Audio Dharma has we recorded last week's session. If you want to uh, listen to that, you can also, we're going to provide 
the handouts from last week, too, at the end of the class, in case you might want those in addition to these. So um, if there are no questions, you know, questions may come up during the course of the evening. There'll be plenty of time to ask. Um, So then I'm going to turn it over to Chris. Is it working now? Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess it was turned off. Okay, thank you. So it's interesting to begin to notice as you sit and meditate what it feels like to come into a sense of being embodied and in the present as opposed to how we spend most of our time which is thinking and planning and remembering and worrying and we're really most of the time not noticing what that feels like in our bodies and what that kind of constant... Um, hanging on to our issues and being separated from our body, what that's doing, how that's adding tension to the body and adding a sense of being disconnected from, really from our vitality and from some of our important resources that come from the body. So human existence is an embodied existence. And it's so easy to lose track of that in our world these days. So we started with the breath, and of course the breath is in the body. So the breath, as Xinquan said, the breath is sort of the central channel, the central activity in the body. So you could say as we move on to looking at mindfulness of the body that we're really expanding in a couple of ways. We're, we're encouraging, perhaps, you know, it's great if you can even just remember that breathing is happening and come back and touch into it in some way. But it's possible to get to become much closer and more intimate with the experience of breathing. And really that experience is a bodily experience. The feeling of breathing is the feeling of the body from the inside, moving, stretching, tingling. Through the experience of the breath in the body, you can sense where you're holding tension sometimes, where you're relaxed. And you can really learn to get a feeling of what's... um, a balanced, open areas in the body and what are the more closed areas. And so this becomes a very interesting uh, area of practice. So one thing is just to becoming more intimate with the breath and the depth of what you can learn about the body through the breath. And then the other aspect of mindfulness of the body is just to be aware of anything else that's going on in a physical way. You know, so uh, Diana's going to talk later specifically about working with uh, pain and discomfort. But it can be interesting while you're meditating just to notice that, for example, swallowing. Swallowing is an incredibly complex task that the body is doing that we take for granted. And you begin to appreciate the, the intelligence and the, the, uh, uh, the wisdom of everything that the body is able to do for itself 
without your uh, conscious control. And becoming aware of that can expand your sense of trust and your sense of groundedness and presence. So really, um, it's often pointed out that the body is always in the present moment. Right? The body cannot be anywhere else. It's only the mind that has this idea that it can be somewhere else. I mean, it's not really any place else either. It's here thinking about someplace else. But it's like the experience of being disconnected from the present moment, not in the body. And when we're disconnected from our bodies, it's so easy to... It's, it's a very unstable state because you're, you're out there, you're pulled every different way. Thoughts move very quickly and all the influences and concerns and we're pulled and split different ways. And we're disconnected from really from the groundedness and the centeredness and the, the, the calm that comes from being connected to the body. You remember the childhood toy, the bozo, we used to call it, you know, the inflated clown with the sand in the base? It's like the, that base is like the body. And, you know, you can push it around, but it comes back. It comes back up because it has a stable base. But if, you're, if all of your energy is in your head and you're thinking and you're disconnected from the body, it's very easy to be pushed around by urgencies and one thought after another and completely lose the sense of being, of having the connectedness that you might need to make a wise, wise decision. So, um, so mindfulness of the body. So what, what are we uh, comparing, what happens when we sit down and we try to be mindful of the body? We're mindful of the breath, we're mindful of the feelings in the body, but the mind is not so easily put aside, right? It, it starts this running commentary on what's going on. Commentary on how am I doing? You know, why am I doing this? Is this making any sense? Going over the instructions? That, you know, that's, we need to do some of that. But what are we doing here? How come I'm here? I could be home. What's going on at home? Or I can't do this. I can't stay with the breath. You know, this is stupid. I can't feel it. What do they mean? What am I supposed to be feeling here? You know, what's supposed to be happening? And I can't make it happen. And what are they talking about? The mind goes on and on like this, commenting on what's going on, bringing up all your stuff. Next thing you know, you're off thinking about, well, what else could I be doing? You know, I'm off at the office tomorrow talking to these people. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's head. If you could see, if, the, if we could broadcast the little thing that's going on over everybody's head, and most people are, nyah, 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 you know. And then once in a while you remember, oh, right, you know, and come back and connect with the body. And that's what this practice is like, you know, in the beginning and for a long time, is going away and coming back. So really, um, the trick is to learn to appreciate that contrast. Not to, not to judge yourself or get down on yourself for not being able to be with the body, but to appreciate, wow, this whole ability to check in with the body is being pointed out to you and you can reconnect with this ability that we're all born with and how wonderful to come back. You know, you can be gone and then come back. And you can develop this appreciation of the difference between what it feels like to be disconnected and off in something that's driving you and then to come back. The simplicity of the body is one of the wonderful elements of body practice. So I, I heard of a play one time where it was about meditating and a woman was sitting in meditation and then 
suddenly she would jump up and start acting out all kinds of stuff and dramas and things were going on in the background and then a bell would ring and she would resume the meditation posture. You know, so it's like learning the difference between when you're lost and when you're present. And in the moment, appreciating the difference between the commentary that you might be having about the experience and what is the direct experience itself. So uh, an experience with, of the body, as a body, you can put words on it, things like tingling, you know, a little movement, a little tightness, a little pulling, pushing, you know. It's not, the important thing is not the words, the important thing is the feeling of it, you know, like the taste of an apple is, you could describe it till you're blue in the face and you wouldn't know what it tastes like if you'd never tasted one. So what's the real feeling of what's going on in the body? There's a story that uh, Gil likes to tell about a time that he was watching a football game and they turned off the sound. And for some reason they watched it in silence for quite a few minutes. I don't know if you've ever tried this. But it's such a radical difference, the experience with and without the commentator. The commentator's job is to get you all revved up and completely focused on how the score is doing, right? And... It's quite interesting to watch it without. It's kind of like a ballet. They, somebody goes there, somebody goes there. You know, you can take it lightly. You can take it the way you want. Your mind might be interested in different parts of it than what the commentator is pointing out to you. So it's a whole different experience to, to be directly and simply connected with what's happening and not your views and your opinions, your judgments, your expectations, your comparisons setting all that aside as much as possible and just come back to, no, let me just feel this. Let me just feel this. You can, you can really only feel your way into the present moment. You can't think your way into the present moment. It's simpler than you think. It's just, this is it. And there's no wrong observation that you can make. Anything you can pick up, you know, we're really not trying to get you to see a particular thing just anything, just something that's actually happening in your body right now that you can feel. Okay? So, um, one more aspect of this. Is that, uh, well, I just want to say one more thing about, about words. So, so suppose you're sitting there and you're feeling, I don't know, stomach's growling. You're, you're feeling a little upset at your stomach. And you, even the words, you know, my stomach is doing this. You know, the commentator is always very self-referential. It always wants to make parts and things out of stuff and it's all mine. But if you're really just attuned to the sensations, it's pulling and stretching. You know, you may not even, it's not even so clear what part it's happening in sometimes. It's just happening. And there's no reason that you need to fire up thinking about you and what it means about you. It's just, just feeling it in a very simple and straightforward way. Um, so one more aspect of this practice that's brought up by this distinction between learning to be aware of this distinction between when you're lost in the commentary and when you're in direct connection with your experience 
is actually our ability to purposefully place the attention, deliberately place the attention somewhere. You know, we don't think so much about attention being necessarily something that we can put, that a resource that we ha- that has such great power that we can put it somewhere. But it's very interesting to learn to direct the attention, you know, as we do with the breath, as we do with the body, to different parts of the body. Sometimes see what you can feel in different parts of the body. So we'll play with that a little bit, and then uh, also we'll get into a guided meditation where we'll look at all this. So is, does anyone have any questions about... Uh, yeah? So if you think percentage-wise during the one during a, during a single session, um, how many percent you're fully engaged, and how many percent you know your mind goes somewhere else into the commentary mode or something? Oh my gosh, that's very variable from person to person and session to session. You know, I mean, it's very hard in the beginning to stick with more than a breath or half a breath, you know, a couple breaths and the mind is off somewhere. And and then sometimes it'll be easy. It varies from time to time and how sleepy you are and how awake you are and, you know, what's going on in your life. So there isn't any general rule like that. And, you know, I mean, I've been practicing for years and sometimes I sit down and I just think the whole session through, you know, but, (laughs) but, um, you know, other times I don't. (laughs) So, and, you know, I'm, I'm developing quite a strong habit of coming back to the body as a refuge of simplicity when something when in the storms of life just to check in you know and I also I I don't know if we've said enough so far I'm not sure what's I should check what's in these suggested exercises but just throughout the day you know check in take a mindful breath feel your body when you're at work feel your feet on the floor feel your contact with the chair it just it's like brings you back into a simple state of being, you know, much, much less complicated than where we usually find that we are. So this is something that we can really work with all day long. It's just checking into your body, feeling your feet as you're walking. So, oh, there's a question. Okay. Hi. Hi. Uh, this past this past week, when um, I was in my breathing meditation, um, I found that I was able to concentrate well on the breath, but I was also really aware of what was going on around me, not so much what was going on within me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily distracting, mm-hmm. but it just seemed to be as present as the breath. Mm-hmm. And yet I was still able to let go of the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, is that um, is that something that uh, is okay in this meditation? Yeah, that sounds fine. I mean, this this meditation. One thing we talked about last week is this is not a style of meditation where you're trying to um, exclude experience and be only very narrowly on one experience. But it's it's fine to be open. And, and, you know, have some background thing going on while you're primarily involved with your object. You know, that can be a way of 
a being sort of open in attention. So, you know, you'll have to notice whether your mind is being strongly pulled off to, you know, think about the sounds that you hear and worry about them when, you know, listen to the conversation and get kind of involved in it, or whether it's just, you're just aware that there you are in that context yeah, and you're mainly with the breath. Uh-huh. Yeah, that sounds fine. That sounds fine. You know, we're just trying to know what's happening, be aware of it, and know where we are. And if you know that that's happening and you're not struggling with it, then that's fine. Um, I have a question about uh, the um, uh, posture mm-hmm. uh, exercise that we had. I, when, when I was thinking about uh, being mindful of my posture, I became really aware of being unbalanced mm-hmm. seeming is that I mean, you know, I mean to the point of where I was thinking well maybe I should make an appointment with my doctor it's like mm-hmm. you know that I, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm you know felt like I was very twisted and, and not mm-hmm. centered you know mm-hmm. like my two sides weren't mm-hmm. the same is that a common experience or it is I? yeah I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask about posture um, yeah we discover when we really sit down and tune in we discover you know we haven't we haven't done this before. So we discover a lot of ways in which we're maybe out of balance, out of alignment, holding areas of our body maybe numb, areas of our body may be able to feel something. So, you know, I would just kind of be easy with it and hang out with it. There, there can sometimes be some distortion in what you perceive in your body because just your mind isn't used to this data, so to speak, you know. You're looking at it anew and it hasn't quite put it together Yet and so, not some people have you know strange experiences like they're much taller than they are or something like that, and that that's just the mind not quite knowing what to do with all this new information, and it sorts itself out. That's I I was feeling like I was you know Uh very sort of twisted Uh and and bent over. Uh I'm like looking in the mirror, not quite as bent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so but it's also interesting. Some of those are are reflections of chronic holding patterns that we have, and so just. I, you know, when you feel something like that, you can be very gentle with it and very just aware of it. There's no need to try to correct it particularly. It will release in time just by being gently held and gent- being gently aware of it. Yeah. Yeah, the posture is another area where, of course, mindfulness of the body comes to the front when we sit in meditation. And I'll guide you on some of that when we start the meditation. Any other questions? No, we've got some question energy here before we start sitting. <laughs> yes, one more in the back. Can you hand that back? Um, I have a. Is this on? Mm, probably hold it up really, really close to your mouth, like a. Is that better? Okay. Yes. Um, as regards noticing your sensations or trying to be more present in your body. It's a little different versus kind of noticing thoughts, right? Because your thoughts can come and go, and but a sensation, you know, it, it's not a doesn't seem as transient, or you know. So if it's an uncomfortable sensation, and you know, how do you do? You like you said, you have a gentle awareness to it, but some things do you do something about and others you don't I mean because it is your body it's Mm -hmm. it's it may be something that will come and go or Mm -hmm. maybe it won't go but Mm -hmm. it you know it could if you 
help it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, it really uh-huh. could be more beneficial, right? You know. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, we're going to spend uh, the second half of the evening uh, quite a bit on the subject, so I don't want to step on what Diana might have to say about that. Um, I will just say it. Sensations are of all different durations. You know, they don't. And part of what we need to do is look at really what's there, maybe break it down a little bit. So I'm sure Diana will say some of this. Uh, for now, let's just say, feel free to move if you need to move. You know, we're, we're, you can move mindfully. You know, there's a big difference between just fidgeting, kind of not even aware of it for the whole hour, and being really aware, oh, there's a feeling of discomfort here, and deliberately deciding to move and feeling what that move feels like, and then, oh, now how is it? You know, so that's staying mindful with the movement rather than just going into a totally reactive mode where you've, you're not paying attention and you're just jerking around trying to make something stop. So, you know, feel free to move, and Diana will have a, more to say about working with pain. Okay. So shall we do a little meditation? I want to start with a little exercise that I think I find interesting. So... We'll do this little exercise and then I'll move into going back to mindfulness of breathing in the body. So just take a comfortable position right now and close your eyes. This is about placing the attention deliberately and seeing what you can discover about your body. So bring your attention to the top side, the back of your left hand. So the top side of your left hand. And just see if you can direct your attention to that particular spot. And just just notice whatever you happen to be able to feel in that spot. It might be some cool, some warm... Something so vague you don't even have a word for it at all. Words are not important. Feeling it is important. Maybe some pulsing. Maybe you can feel something with the movement of the air over your hand. The back of your left hand. Really keep your attention there. Let your attention sort of sink in and just maintain a connection with that part of your hand. You can notice if anything is changing. Sometimes it might warm up a little under the sun of attention. And then shift your attention to the palm of your left hand. Just explore the feeling, the center of the palm. Maybe there are parts of your hand that are in contact with your lap. 
If you're finding it difficult to feel anything, don't worry. Just, just imagine that your mind is there, your attention is there. And then let your attention go into your left thumb. And then slowly down each one of the fingers from the pointer finger down to the little finger, one finger at a time. You can move it a little if you, if you need to find it and then see if you can find it. Maybe not so much moving after you've moved it. It's possible to distinguish the different fingers just with your awareness. It's fine to move them a little. It's possible to discover this wonderful sense of intimacy with all the parts of our body. Just by moving the awareness, the attention, moving the attention, deliberately placing it different places in the body. We don't have to change anything, just letting the body reveal what's going on there. Letting it open up and be seen, be felt, be heard, be listened to. These are all metaphors. Listening is a metaphor for mindfulness. Listening to the body with our sense of feeling. So let your attention come down to where your bottom contacts your seat, your cushion, your chair. Just feel that sense of support. And see what you can feel about being in balance. Feel free to rock a little from side to side or front to back. Find a place that feels balanced. slowly bring the attention up the spine as much as you can one vertebrae at a time see what you can feel of being aligned 
supported by your cushion or your seat. Your spine has a, the possibility of being in alignment all the way up to your head in a way that works with gravity so that gravity is actually an uplifting support for your seating posture, sitting posture. I know it's difficult sometimes when the body's not used to sitting to find an aligned state. Just letting your upper body float, relaxed, trusting that your hips are supporting, supporting your upper body. begin to place your attention on the sensations of breathing. You can notice that you know when you're breathing in and when you're breathing out. Where do you feel that most clearly? What do you feel in your belly area when you breathe in, breathe out? Maybe some stretching, maybe a little lifting, dropping back. There's no need to try to breathe any particular way or control the breath. Sometimes mindfulness of the body helps with doing less controlling of the breath. You can just let your awareness hang out in the belly or the chest and and then just notice the breath as a side effect, as it affects what you feel in those areas of the body. The breath washes through the torso like a wave, stretching, warm, relaxing back. Breath potentially moves and adjusts all the parts of the body. It's very difficult to feel that at first. Many parts of our body are not really open and available to our awareness, but just by gently hanging out with the breath, the feeling in the body, especially throughout the torso, the belly, the chest, Just like with resting our attention on the hand, slowly more may become visible, more detail. 
We don't have to try to see anything. Awareness is like the sun shining on the fog. Slowly the fog will burn off. We don't have to dig in there and find anything. And just coming back to the sensations of the in-breath and the out-breath. On your next in-breath, just follow along. See what parts of your body seem to move with the in-breath. <coughs> feel it coming in the nostrils. Maybe you can feel it in the throat. Maybe the shoulders lifting up a little. <coughs> chest expanding. A full three-dimensional feeling of the inside of your body being stretched a little in all directions. By the in-breath and relaxed back during the out-breath. Maybe there are parts of your body that don't seem to participate in this at all, you can't feel. That's very normal. (coughs) It's interesting to notice the edge of where the feeling sensations are. Let that be okay. Just notice now, if you will, if your mind is engaged in commentary, judgment, wondering what, whether things are how they should be, any kind of thinking. And it's okay, just let it, let it be, but just include the breath. See if you can bring the breath into the picture. And gradually transition the more attention back to the body and the breath. Whatever is happening in this kind of meditation is fine. Your only job is just to notice some little piece of it that you can notice in a very simple way. And just to let it stay simple. What is the body's experience of this moment from within the body?
Sometimes the attention will naturally be drawn to a very small place where the breath is most clear, like spot in the chest or the belly or the nose. Sometimes it might be easiest to stay in touch with the whole body breathing, the sense of sitting here in contact with your cushion, with the breath gently moving the central channel of the body. Whatever's easiest for you to stay in contact with the actual felt sense of the experience. So with the last few minutes here, I'd like to invite you to notice if there are any other strong sensations in the body. And just include them in the meditation. If there's ever a sense of struggle between another strong feeling in the body and the feeling of the breath, then the instruction is to go ahead and let go of the breath and turn to the sensations that are particularly strong in another part of the body. And just as we try to work with the breath without adding commentary and without judging our experience, see if you can look at this other experience, whatever it may be, as just sensation, pushing, pulling, pressure, tingling, heat. As if you had no idea what it is and you've never seen it before. Just let yourself explore, let your attention lightly rest on it and explore what it is. for as long as it's the predominant sensation. And then at any time you can just return to your, the sensations of breathing. open our eyes and we'll have time for some more questions. How was that for you? (laughs) If you're feeling the need to stretch or move a little bit, we're about halfway through 
want to offer a few minutes, you might just want to stand up, move. <laughs> and also, if you have questions, raise your hands. I'll pass the mic around. Yes. My my question is there's there's a lot of different things going on in terms of sensation. Uh and so I, I guess, is there any kind of guidance about what to pay attention to especially? It's mm -hmm. just, there, there's just so much, actually. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it, you know, if you just pay attention to one of your feet, mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you could do a lot with just that. Yes, you could. So, so, <laughs> if, so then, you know, if you're stopping during the day to pay attention to your body, I'm just, you know... Mm -hmm. How do you simplify that? Mm -hmm. Well, anything will do. So keep it simple. You know, something that's predominant and easy to feel. You know, it, there's a, there's a whole lot of teaching that around the Buddha's teaching on ultimately we're working with looking at where we're clinging and what we're, you know, tensing up around. So if there's some area that's bothering you, you know, that's one that you're perceiving as tension. That's one area where you can focus but during the day you know just feel your feet feel anything anything if you're just trying to ground yourself in your body you know the breath is great because it's it's in the central channel it's refreshing you can always bring your mind to the breath if you're walking you can bring your mind to the feet I would just keep it simple because there is a lot going on and the idea isn't to see everything you know sometimes it's helpful to think of it like a zoom camera and you just back up and just say okay the field of sensation is going on and you can just be with it very loosely and other times it's helpful to pin in on something so you, know, you just have to use your sense of a sense of ease around it not not worrying about that you've picked the wrong thing or something it's it's not like that can I add something? Shinkwan has things um, so can anyone hear with this mic not that doesn't work why don't you take why don't you take so uh, we give some basic instruction. If there's areas of tension, really see if any tension can be let go of. That way we can be a little bit more relaxed to take in um, more. If there's no tension, sometimes there's an instruction to do body scans that people find that useful, just scanning from the top of the head down or from the bottom of the feet up. Maybe Diana will talk a little bit briefly about that as a tool. If there's nothing big going on, we say come back to the breath. We're just offering instruction to include things and sensations in the body should they be more compelling than the breath. But really what we're saying is when it's not compelling, come back to the breath. That keeps it simple. Otherwise, we can be jumping around quite a lot. Um, it's useful also to notice 
the fact that you notice a lot's going on is really quite interesting and good. That you notice you can actually focus your attention is important. So, um, um, developing some skill on how to place that, you know, and when to when when to place it when at different times, um, it becomes more natural the longer you sit. Add anything? Not at this time. I will. Okay. Heather, can you pass the mic? As, as I re- relaxed, I was aware. Um, I've had a, a hip injury, so I was, I was aware that this side of my body was heavier. Can you hold it a little bit closer? Yeah. That that one side. The one woman talked about being twisted, and I I just felt like this side was heavy, and that I felt the tension here and in my hip. Uh, and the other side of my body was just kind of floating in there. So I would attend to it for a while and then try to come back to the breath. I think I had some tension about wanting to bring the breath to it and loosen it up. Um, so I would, I would go back and forth from kind of that side of my body then back to my breath. Um, and I, I wasn't aware of the pain until I started to sit. I guess I'm asking, is that the thing to do? Is that what you'd suggest? Um, So there's a few things that you mentioned. If there's areas of pain, sometimes bringing focus to areas of pain can make the pain much more pronounced and bigger and sometimes unbearable. So then we would say, take some of the focus away from the pain and see if you can bring it back to the breath. Or use hearing, use sounds. That tends to really broaden uh, the experience and the field of awareness. Uh, Another thing you mentioned is placing attention or breathing into something to get rid of the tension or to ease the pain. Uh, So that's a natural inclination for a lot of us, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, What we say pay attention to is notice when you want to get rid of something, sometimes that adds a little more energy, tension, or discomfort with what's actually there. If you can sit with it and it's not too bothersome, we just say stay with sensations that it's seeing if it's moving, pulsing, um, you know, if there's vibrations, and that way... uh, the part of the mind that looks at that as pain (laughs) and that might contract around it might loosen up and we might be able to to sit with it with a little more ease and it might just go away on its own. It's a a different approach. Um, That's all I'm going to say for now because I think Diana has a lot to say around that. Can you wait for the mic? So last week, uh, as I focused on breathing, I felt the almost the desire to change my breathing in some way. This week, as I focused on different parts of my body, I felt the tendency to relax those parts of my body as I would go you know, throughout my body. Should we try and keep things consistent? Are we focusing on just being aware? Or, or is that change some of what we're after? I'm going to try and briefly answer that because I think this is all of Diana's realm. Um, 
In the beginning of a sit, we will try sometimes to uh, be relaxed as we can. And for some people, they use a body scan. Some people, the breath is enough to try and relax them a little bit. Uh, with relaxation, concentration becomes a little bit easier, and it's um, uh, maybe the mind becomes a little more pliable to become aware. It's quite a different thing if we sit the whole time and try and relax for the entire sit. <laughs> In the beginning, some there might be some areas of tension that pop up again. And, and, and just seeing if we can be okay with that without having to fix every area of discomfort that happens in the body or the mind. Does that make a little bit of sense? Okay. All right. Um, and we are going to shift gears now, and Diana is going to talk about working with pain, <laughs> all the questions that you had, um, and a few other things I'm not going to. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? These are really great questions. This is are the natural questions that come up when we start uh, sitting and meditating. So the basic instructions, right, is to pay attention to the breath, but then you start to notice it's not so easy. It sounds simple, it's not so easy, and things are compelling, and often what's compelling is in our bodies. It's also part of the instruction is to be embodied, to be aware of what's happening in our bodies. And part of the process of meditation is to be present for what is. And when this happens, all aspects of our life kind of reveal themselves, including sensations in the body, emotions, attitudes, thoughts. And we'll talk about those in subsequent weeks. But we don't have to go out and try to find experiences. We don't have to seek um, particular experiences or sensations. They will reveal themselves if we are just present and paying attention. And as as some of you have noticed, that um, some of these experiences can be strong sensations in the body. And there's a number of things that we can do when this occurs. So as Chris mentioned, it's um, kind of fascinating, I think it's fascinating, that we can zoom kind of in and out our attention. So for example, if you have a sensation in your knee while you're sitting, you can zoom in and explore. Is this a throbbing or is it like a slicing feeling? Or is it diffuse, kind of like a prickly, diffuse feeling? Or is it really one particular point? Is it hot, burning? Or is it cold and icy? Is it staying in the exact same place? Or is it kind of moving around? Or maybe you're not even sure exactly where it is. It's kind of vague. So we can... Let go of um, awareness of the breath and turn towards the strong sensation in our body and really zoom in and look at the particulars. Instead of using a blanket statement like, oh, this is painful or this is uncomfortable or I, don't, I wish this weren't here, we could say, oh, there is some uh, prickly sensation right here. Oh, wait, maybe it's not there, it's moving over there, and we can just explore. And something 
pretty amazing um, happens. Often, maybe I'll back up and I'll say this, that pain is, or the sense, strong sensations, what we often call pain, is a composite sensation. It has parts that are with um, the body, and I'll speak a little bit more about how we can work with that, but it also has an element with our minds. We have these ideas, perhaps, about what it means to have this sensation, or we have maybe memories associated with it. We have um, a, a kind of a, a, a pushing away in our minds. We wish this were, wasn't happening. And like in, um, you know, neurologists and physiologists, they study this a lot and have discovered that there's so many different aspects that come together to um, make us have this experience that we call pain. And part of what we can do in this practice is to tease apart some of these different aspects. And that lessens in general. I will say in general. I can't give you a promise. This always happens. But if we can tease apart kind of this psychological, mental um, commentary that Chris was just talking about from the physical sensation that makes a big difference. Or if we can say that the experience, as Chris mentioned, of watching a football game with and without the commentator is very different, right? When there's a commentator, they're riling you up and they're yelling into the microphone and it's getting very exciting and oh my gosh, something's going to happen. Right? It's a very different experience than if you're just watching something happen. So the same thing with a strong sensation in your body. If you um, can notice what the commentator is saying, then you can not be swept up in it. Instead, you can say, oh, there's this prickly sensation. It doesn't have to be that it's pain and that's awful and you'll never be able to walk again. It's a prickly sensation. So that's part of what we're doing here, is to be present for what's actually happening. And what's happening is perhaps a sensation. So I talked about um, earlier you can zoom in and really explore. I encourage you to do this. It, um, you can learn all kinds of things about yourself and about the body and how it works if you kind of zoom in. But it also could be um, really uncomfortable such that it's difficult to do that. This happens, right? Different experiences, different times. And then you can do the opposite. You can zoom out kind of have like a bird's eye view of, of uh, you're aware of a sensation, but maybe you're not quite as um, fully inside of it. You're more on the surface of it. It's kind of, I'm not exactly sure how to explain this, but um, I encourage you to explore this as well. Of What does it mean? Well, what is it like to be aware of something and to be, have a, um, be more on the surface of it. It doesn't mean that you've let go of your awareness, but you're more on the surface rather than really um, filled with that experience. So I guess these are three things. One is to notice the commentary. 
um, when you have a strong sensation. And so if you can tease apart the commentary from the experience itself. The second thing is you can zoom in and really explore, is it hot, is it cold, is it throbbing, is it slicing, is it tingling? Third, you can zoom out. And also, as we've mentioned, you can, um, if you feel like there's a real struggle happening with um, part of your commentary may include, this shouldn't be happening. This should be going away. And then you kind of get in a little bit of a wrestling match with um, reality. With it really is happening, but you don't want it to be there, and you're kind of pushing it away. And of course, reality always wins when we have these wrestling matches with it, when we're trying to push things away. So if you can notice that that's what's happening, and instead say, if you can notice that you're, the part of the commentary is this desire for it to go away, and that you're pushing it away, and that there's a kind of a struggle or a wrestling match, maybe you can um, try to soften that and bring your attention to the sensation. There is also, um, there, the part of the commentary can be, this is a problem and I have to fix it. I, what, here are all the things I'm going to do to fix it. I'm going to design better chairs or design better zafu so that this never happens again. Or I'm going to make sure that I take aspirin before I sit. Or I'm going to wear different clothing. Or I don't know, we can come up with all these ideas of how we're going to fix the problem. And as soon as we get into that, that's more like planning and thinking In subsequent weeks, we'll talk about how to work with that, how to work with this thinking or planning idea. But maybe you can rest that or soften that as well and bring your attention back to the sensation. So here's this tingling in my leg. I don't have to, it doesn't have to be a problem. It doesn't have to be something that must go away and must be fixed. Of course, I'm asking you all to use some wisdom too, right? You all know your bodies and perhaps you have a history or an injury that requires you to um, be respectful of these experiences that you have. So you have to, you know, not bear through things that are not appropriate for your body. And then a third type of um, commentary we can have is, I'm failing. If I were doing this right, I would not have this experience. This means that I don't have the right posture, I don't know how to meditate, or I didn't get good instructions, I bought the wrong cushion, I'm sitting in the wrong... You know, these type of things, like I'm... Like, we kind of um, uh, personalize it as a reflection of us as individuals. We don't have to do that. It's just a sensation. It doesn't have to be a whole story around it. There doesn't have to be a commentary about it. It doesn't have to get inflated into something bigger than it is. So I mentioned three things. Um, Notice the commentary, zoom in, zoom out. And then a fourth thing is you can shift your posture if you feel like this is what's really needed. But instead of that being a problem, shifting your posture, that can be part of your meditation as well. You can 
set the intention. Oh, I really feel like I need to sh- um, move. If you have problems in your back or your knees or something. So you can like notice that you have this idea that you want to. And rather than just uh, succumbing to the, that idea at, at the first time you have it, you can explore, like, why do I want to move? Well, what, what's um, behind that? What's compelling me to have this idea that I want to move? And then if you decide that, yes, it's probably really better that I move, then um, I'll say this. And staying with that idea of, of the sensation and the idea that you want to move is a great opportunity to learn about yourself, how you react when things are a little bit uncomfortable or what kind of things, what ideas or sensations um, Do you want to fix or shift or something? So it's a great opportunity to learn about yourself and to also kind of gain a capacity in which to be with difficulties. That same capacity to be with a little uncomfortableness in our body is the same capacity that enables us to um, maintain some composure when our boss yells at us or our kids are unruly or our spouse and takes a fight with us. It's the same type of capacity to be with uncomfortableness. We can practice that while we're sitting on our meditation cushion and we have an uncomfortable sensation in the body. So getting back to, if you do decide that it's, you want to shift your body, there's, um, you can turn that into your meditation. And one, um, if you're sitting like I am, like the, all of us are up here, one way is to very simply, you can just move your leg like this. It's a very simple movement, but it shifts a lot of things. Your hip flexor, your knee, and your back all kind of shift a little bit. And you can do this very quietly and very simply, and you can move this back down again. So you just bring your knee up towards the ceiling for one leg. And you can also do that for the second leg if you feel you need to. And then to like kind of clasp your hands in front, it's kind of like the official quote-unquote rest posture during a, a meditation. If you feel like you need to break your posture or while you're listening to us speak or something. And you can very quietly and very simply kind of just um, return back to uh, sitting in the, um, we call this like Burmese style here. So that's just one example of something that you can do is very simply um, adjust your posture. And then um, one thing I'll say that can help us with to separate the commentary from the actual experience is um, to use mental noting. So when I was describing this, I was saying the word um, what was I saying? Prickling or something like this. <laughs> like, so you can actually very quietly make that little mental note in your mind. Prickly, 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 warm, warm, sharp, sharp. So this is like a very um, way, it's a very... Uh, It's a simple way to keep our attention on the sensation, but not to be as identified with the sensation. 
So if you are saying that that sensation, if you're describing that sensation with a very simple word, then that sensation is not you, right? There's a, there's a, a, a separation happens. Plus, noting, like I just kind of described, takes up a certain amount of kind of bandwidth, if you will. If your mind is occupied with noting, then it's not as apt to spin out into a story about, oh, my knee is bothering me and reminds me of when I injured my knee when I was eight years old and I fell off my bicycle when my brother was running after me and then zoom, off we go, right? So you can use mental noting as a way to support you with the sensations. Some meditators find this helpful and use mental noting all the time. Some do it only when they're having a little bit difficulty staying with their experience. So you can um, explore and experiment which way it works best for you. And then a third thing that I will say is that um, like the basic instruction, Ridge, is to pay attention to the breath unless the body is compelling. But sometimes there's a lot of sound Sometimes it's the neighbor's dog is barking, the sirens are going by. Here we often hear the train going by or the traffic. And Shin Kwan mentioned this as um, a meditation object sometimes when there is pain. Because one thing that's really interesting about sounds is that they are completely out of our control, right? They just arise and then pass away. And we just hear them, and then they go. And in order to hear them, there's a certain amount of... hmm, I wanted to say openness, but I guess we hear things whether we're open or not. But one way to do this as a meditation practice is just to be open to sounds. And you can use the... um, If you wanted, you could note and say sound, sound, sound... Or um, you can just notice how sounds arise and then they get softer. So that's a lot of information. So I would like to um, guide us through a meditation. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the um, body sensations and a little bit about sound. So maybe I'll start by saying this can be very, very simple. If ever it feels like there's too much information, too um, you're not sure what to do, or you can always come back to the breath. Just come back to watching the breath. So let's take an alert, upright posture. And gently close the eyes. And to begin, we can take a few deep breaths.
And with the exhale, notice if there's any tension that you can relax or soften with the exhale. It's common to hold tension in our faces, in our shoulders, in our bellies. already, you can bring your breathing back to normal. And to begin, just bring your attention to the breath. How does your body experience breathing? And then if there's a strong sensation in your body, you can bring your attention to that. Can you notice the commentary with that strong sensation? is the experience of having that sensation? What does it feel like? It's no longer compelling, you can bring, <coughs> bring your attention back to the breath.
And now I invite you to open your awareness to hearing, to sounds. Allow yourself to be aware of whatever sounds are arising. You don't need to strain to listen. Just be open to sounds. Rather than reaching out to the sounds, let the sounds come to you. can let go of thoughts in favor of being open to here and now. And then to end this sitting, you can bring your awareness to the sensation of sitting on the cushion or the chair. 
and your feet on the floor. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. So I talked about a number of things, a number of ways to work if you have strong sensations. I talked about them as if they were all unpleasant sensations. There are definitely pleasant sensations that happen too with the meditation. So I'm sorry if I'm giving the idea that um, it's always unpleasant. But often um, when we first start a meditation practice, our body kind of works out its kinks and we're starting to notice um, Maybe where we have some tightness or some tension or something. And I also talked about noting as a um, very gentle word in the mind, kind of as a way to stay present. And I talked about kind of being open to sounds as, um, and make those as the object of meditation if there's a lot of sound happening. So are there any questions? One of the things that's happened in both of the sittings this evening for me is that I I do get, I feel at some point that I have become totally dissociated from my hands, my feet. Like I can't even, I don't, I know that I have feet, but I don't know where they are. And um, when you when you sort of said, you know, come back into that, sensation of sitting in the chair and everything I was able to sort of reach back in and find my feet but apart from that when I was sort of listening to the sounds I had this sudden bizarre dissociative feeling where I was like I'm lost (laughs) it was very odd I don't know if you can talk about that first I'll say that this isn't an entirely uncommon experience that often the um way that we are in the world is we have our eyes open and that kind of gives us a actually I'm not exactly sure how it works but somehow that gives us some reference of where our body parts are and um, how our spatial relationships so when we start paying attention um, to the body without the visual references sometimes it's, they feel I don't know. It feels a little bit different. Like they're not, our parts aren't where we expect them to be. So, um, one thing that if it feels really troubling, you, it, it, um, you can open your eyes. That's one thing to consider. Or you can note, like, oh, uh, uh, you can just include that as part of your meditation. Um, I'm not, um, here is confusion, or here is uncomfortableness. Do either of you want to add to this? I would just say that if anything freaks you out, (laughs) then I would suggest open your eyes or come back to the breath. 
Uh, our minds can do, you know, take us into many strange, bizarre places, <laughs> as we already notice. Um, and so, um, part of the, I guess, I guess, responsibility is to just bring us back in a very simple way that we're sitting in a chair, and that's all we're doing. <laughs> so, I don't know if that's helpful, but. I have a question about the uh, labeling practice. Is it uh, primarily for um, if one becomes too attached too much in the sensation uh, and it's troubling, or is it useful in and of itself? Labeling. Um, the idea is not that it should replace the direct feeling of the sensation. I think where the labeling is most helpful is in working with this tendency to space out, lose, get lost in commentary. So it's a way of kind of co-opting the mind and keeping pointing it back to the direct sensation. So the actual label doesn't replace your feeling of the sensation. It's kind of like, you know... Um, burning colon and then you feel what does burning feel like and then a minute later maybe you're feeling stretching oh stretching colon let me see what stretching feels like so you're kind of point you're constantly reconnecting the mind with the direct experience by using that label does that make sense okay and some people like to use it find it helpful for the breath even I, I sometimes, when I'm really finding it difficult to settle, I will say in as a way to remind, a kind of a commitment to stay with the sensation of the whole in-breath and then out, kind of loops the mind back, points it back. Now out, what does out feel like? And then I feel the whole sensations of out and then in and out. So it's just a way of reminding the mind to stay in sync with what's happening in the body. And so also it has the effect, as Diana, I'm sorry, subject. As Diana said, it has the effect of uh, helping you not be totally absorbed in the sensation also. So especially, this is in painful sensations where you can say burning. Oh, it's, it's in a way like, oh, just burning. You know, it's burning. I can be with it as burning and recognize it as that or as aching. And it's not this. It's less tendency to spin off into oh my my poor knee. I'll never walk again. You know oh it's just aching, stretching, that sort of thing. Uh, I think I just wanted to add that it does come from a tradition. I think it's Mahasi Sayadaw tradition that he uses noting a lot. And I think one of the primary benefits that I find from it, it's as a tool to kind of. Uh, uh, recognize and understand what's happening in in a way that kind of removes the I, me, or mine from it. It's just thinking. It's just hearing. It's just breathing. It's just sensation versus I'm doing this or this is happening to me and all the story that comes attached. So there's a little bit of deconceptualization that also is very valuable with the simple practice of noting. So thank you for that question, because it has, there's a lot of benefits in this very simple act.
Okay. So how are we on time? Uh, we are ready to close. So, <laughs> so I want to thank my colleagues for presenting mindfulness of the body. And um, I guess I just wanted to add a couple examples that come to mind that uh, kind of make this practice alive for, uh, you know, at least for me. Um, we do this practice, again, primarily so that we can identify areas in our lives where there's a possibility of reducing the suffering, where there's a possibility of some freedom from our habitual patterns of thinking, acting, behaving, re- you know, reacting, that um, cause us a lot of pain or harm and can cause the, or those around us a lot of pain and harm. So um, it's really at the core of why we offer these teachings here. In addition to the fact that they can just also open up our lives so that with mindfulness of the body, we learn gradually to become more embodied in our experiences so that our our emotional life, a lot of which takes place in our bodies, um, we can actually live through a lot of difficult, painful, and also very joyful, beautiful emotions to be very present for them in a different way, in a fuller way. So it's a gradual process for a lot of people. It takes uh, um, a lot of patience to uh, reconnect with your body in in a skillful way so that it doesn't overwhelm you, there's, many of us have had trauma, have had very difficult experiences in the body. So we often say, to, um, be tender and take care, as that a lot of things may reveal themselves as you sit. Really, um, as you can, be with them. And if you can't, get up, take a walk, have a cup, cup of tea. We're really offering these as tools and suggestions so that it can support you Uh, in leading a a healthier, balanced, fuller, rich life. So um, earlier today, I teach a young girl who recently turned 18 um, meditation. I sit with her uh, for about an hour every week, and um, I asked her, well, why do you want to meditate? And um, she would think about it. She wanted to say the right answer. (laughs) And she said, well, I get to know myself better. And I thought, you know, that's a great answer, wonderful. And then she said, and um, I'm more present. Um, so a lot of wisdom coming from someone who's just turned 18. And I said, well, why do you want to be present? She goes, well, I want to be present for the good stuff. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yes. And she was like, I really don't want to be present for all the crappy stuff. So, I mean, very honest. And it's true. Most of us don't really want to be present for the unpleasant, painful stuff in our lives. And we've really developed a lot of habits so that we're not really fully present for them. But earlier, you know, in that session, she had talked about heartache and betrayal and all the things that are really big in the lives of an 18-year-old. And she was having a really hard time. And I said, can this practice help you in something like this so that you can meet what's happening in your life, and it doesn't have to tear you apart so much. And you know, it started to make sense for her. So uh, for me, um, it, it was a beautiful example of you know all the ways in which we kind of yeah don't want to see all that stuff, but the value in doing that can really um, help us um, through all the difficult times in our lives and be really present for the good stuff. 
So hopefully um, you've taken away something. If, the, if there's always too much information, we always say we give too much information, please just let it go as you get up, leave, walk out the door. And you know, um, when you have time, read through the handouts. There's some really wonderful exercises to keep um, in our minds what we're trying to do. Um, easy reflections and exercises. So um, hopefully you guys are uh, trying to establish a daily practice. And um, if you have any questions about that, we're here for a little while afterwards, so you guys can come up and ask us. Uh, otherwise, next week, it's mindfulness of emotions. So thank you very much. Thank you.